Welcome back to the Dad Ventures Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Seth Bidoff, and this is episode number four. For anyone that is new to our show, the Dad Ventures Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast about our lives as dads and some of the things that we've learned along the way. In case you missed our last full episode, we talked about some of the lessons that we learned and what kind of advice we were given as first-time fathers. One thing I do want to mention is that while we're still learning, and like many of our topics, uh, that was one that we may vi- revisit again in the future as our kids get older. Many of you have already listened to our emergency episode that we put out last week talking about how the coronavirus is affecting our lives. We do want to let everyone know that we are both fine, and we're happy, and our families are taken care of, and we are taking any precautions that we feel are necessary uh, to give you a little bit uh, behind the scenes of what we do of our, for our shows, uh, we do record remotely every week. And given the current situation around us, it's something that we had already planned on continuing and will continue to do so. We hope that everyone is doing what they feel is necessary to keep themselves and their families safe and healthy during this crisis. Now, that's all out of the way. We do want to remind you that all of our episodes can be found on podcast services around the world. And if your podcast service of choice is not among those that our show is on, please let us know and we will get that fixed. All right, let's just jump right into it. Jacob, you're my co-host, my partner. Let's let's jump right in. How have your so we you know, we did our emergency podcast the other night talking about coronavirus and how it basically was going to affect our lives going forward. Um how have things I, I know it's only been a few days, but how have things changed for you since we put out that episode? Yeah, you say that it's only been a few days, but man, it feels it feels like a lifetime ago uh, with everything that's gone on. So far, we still haven't really like me and my family, not a lot has changed since then as far as our daily routine. Um, we aren't going out, obviously. Uh, except for to work, but we both are still working as of the moment, at the moment anyways. Um, I personally expect that to change here in the next week or so. Uh, Our governor just went and um, put a couple more restrictions on stuff. So restaurants are now dining in or or not dining, are not dining in. uh, So just takeout or delivery only. Um, Malls are closed. Everything non-essential quote-unquote is closed so spas stuff like that um so we're just kind of taking it day by day and seeing but at the moment like i said we're we're still just trucking along going to work monday through friday so far uh we in the flooring industry that i am the small business that i am working for uh we have had some cancellations and some postponements and some issues. So I do think it's only a matter of time before uh, we shut down for at least a couple weeks. And whether that's with pay or without pay or what the case is, I don't know, because working for a small business, uh, it's kind of a crapshoot on things like this because there's no insurance or anything there to help you out. Um, Other than that, though, uh, not a whole lot's changed. We went last weekend or this past weekend, even though it was just what three days, we are recording a day late. So we're recording on Wednesday. Um, so Friday or Saturday and Sunday or Saturday, we had birthday parties that we went to, which seems crazy. Uh, in hindsight, we went to Peter Piper pizza on Saturday afternoon after I got off work, which, uh, maybe not have, maybe not was the smartest idea. I don't know. Uh, I don't think anybody's gotten sick because of going, but, Still, just in hindsight with everything that's going on, maybe not the smartest thing. The other one was a birthday party at a house with just some family members of um, the kid that we went to, who's one of my oldest son's best friends. 
church. We went to church Sunday, but it looks like church this week is going to be canceled-ish. So we're going to do like a live stream of worship and a and a sermon, but no congregation will be there, which is weird to me. But uh, weird yeah, times call for yeah, are they? Yeah, so weird times call for weird measures, I guess. So um, it feels like it's been a lifetime since we recorded a dad like a dad venture specific podcast. Um, so at the moment, I can't think of anything else that has uh, really stopped, other than you know sports has stopped. So that being a big part of my life has been a change for sure. Uh, but other than that, man, I'm just happy that everybody in my family is happy and healthy and um, trucking along. And at this point, even if it's without pay, if I get two weeks off with them, um, I'm going to try not to freak out about finances too much and just enjoy the time that I have with them and go from there, man. What about you? How was your last couple of weeks? Yeah. I, I, you know, they're like you were saying there at the end, that's all the, all that you really can do, you know, uh, especially if you don't have the ability to work in order to keep, you know, finance, like you said, finances in order, you know, just got to do what you can. If this, if the state and the federal government can get their acts together, I think there will be some money coming in for some folks that are not able to work during this. Mm -hmm. But, uh, outside of that, yeah, no, I I imagine it's gotta be tough for anyone that's, not able to work at all. Um, since we talked on that, uh, was Wednesday last week, Thursday, I believe Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there we were, we had discussed the possibility of me working from home full time until this was over. Uh, my job finally, uh, Friday afternoon after I was finished for the day, they sent out an email stating that the Illinois headquarters building, the folks that were that work there would be able to work from home as an alternative work location uh, for two weeks, and then that finally got rolled out to my office location uh, starting yesterday. Um, so it, it's kind of like, why did it take so long right. for, for for my company to to make this decision? what was preventing them from making it in the first place and why did they not move quicker to try and, um, I, I guess, uh, accommodate uh, more folks and being able to go home. Now they f- did finally say today that they are looking into ways to make the ability to work remotely more open for more folks. So hopefully they get that all figured out, but, um, yeah, I'm home working for the next, uh, two weeks at least. And, um, the kids are still out of school. You know, uh, your kids aren't quite school age. Mine are, as I mentioned here on the show. So all three of my kids are out of school until April 6th. So yeah, having two to three kids in the house that, um, all day, every day has, it's, you know, definitely has its benefits. You know, we're able to not have to pay for childcare, uh, because you know, I, I'm home, you know, uh, my daughter's home to help out with that so that I can still work. Um, but yeah, having all three kids, it gets to be a little, a little much sometimes <laughs> if you're a parent, you know, exactly what, what I'm talking about. You know, we love our kids, but there are times where it's just like, please just go sit down and be quiet mm-hmm. and leave us alone. But it's, 
you know, like you said, just chugging along, you know, making, making sure the ends are meeting, you know, I'm still working. Uh, well, I'm still trying to work my, uh, my side jobs. Um, didn't quite work out as well this past weekend as it has in the past. I think a lot of folks are definitely staying in more and there is concern about, um, you know, delivery drivers, you know, possibly, uh, contracting things or, yeah. It, so yeah, I definitely made less than I n- normally would, but it was enough to where, I mean, really we're just, it, it's just working towards, you know, paying for like CIY for our daughter and for, you know, uh, buying ketchup on, you know, have them race the battery on, on, on the car and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, Aaron is still going to work every day. Um, working at a pediatrician's office, you know, there's not really an off day, especially, especially now. So yeah, it, it's, you know, and, and you mentioned family and stuff and, um, you know, all my family's back East. Uh, we do have Aaron's family here in town. Um, uh, there is concern about, you know, her parents and my parents and grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, possibly uh, contracting it. Um, my mom works, uh, at a hospital in Atlanta, and, you know, they told us today that they've seen people die from, from the coronavirus. And so, uh, it's actually, you know, adversely affected us in one way in that we were originally scheduled on taking vacation next week, uh, and leaving and getting out of town, um, mm-hmm. the end of next week and into spring break for, for APS schools. Um, but that's completely changed. Um, Aaron's work told her that if she was to leave the state, uh, she would have then have to quarantine herself for 14 days Ooh. once she got back. Yeah, and that would have been most likely without pay um, mm-hmm. due to, you know, she basically wouldn't have had vacation time. And then, you know, because my mom's work uh, at a hospital, they would have most likely had to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it just, it just it wasn't going to work out because we had planned on, uh, like I said, going out of town. And so we've had to adjust our plans. Uh, we won't get to see my family next week like we had hoped. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, I, I know the decisions that, that the governor here and the federal government are making are to the supposed to be to the benefit of everyone in our nation. And I think that... Th- they're getting to where they need to be as far as making sure everything gets done and taken care of and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to help uh, prevent the coronavirus from spreading even more than it already has. But as you know, it, it definitely has some adverse effects, you know, on our personal lives. And so we're just, you know, trying to go with it as best as we can. Yeah. That's really all that we can do at this time is just uh, take whatever life throws at us and move on. Um, it's, it's a weird time though, man. I mean, it's just like, I couldn't even imagine, like for us, like I said, most things haven't really changed, but like, are you guys doing anything to like get the kids like out of the house, even if it's for like a drive, separate them somehow every once in a while, give them some alone time or are they basically on top of each other until bedtime? Well, when it's just Molly and Logan here at home, because of Molly's school being primarily online learning, the expectation is that she continues to do her classwork while they're on the basically extended spring break. So okay. she spends most of her day in her room, shut away from everybody, you know. Um, so 
Logan's generally out in the living room. Uh, I'll keep my office, the office door open here so that I can, you know, keep an ear out for him. And then, you know, he just, he basically just watches TV or plays or plays Minecraft or something. And so there's really not a lot of interaction for the most part. Um, now with the times that my older son has been here, we've definitely had more going on, you know, when he's here, when Alex is here, but him, he and Logan get along for the most part. So there's not really, again, not a whole lot that we have to do in order to keep them entertained or, um, from fighting with each other. It's mostly just everyone being here and like, I basically can't even go back to my office building for two weeks. So like we're, right. they, we were given the impression that if we show up, they won't let us in the building. Hmm. So there's really no way to, to, to fix that, uh, or make it, like I said, the kids are getting along. We're getting along for the most part, you know, we like we're getting, or actually getting along with them. Aaron and I are getting along. You know, she goes to, like I said, she goes to work and comes home and we have our time together. And I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, number one, keeping the kids entertained. Number two, making sure they're not like so focused on the TV 24 seven for the next three weeks. Right. And then we do encourage them to go outside during, you know, at least in, in the backyard and play for a little bit during the day, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's with, like I said, Logan's basically, I said, he just Netflix, Minecraft, whatever is setting limits on him. Okay. We're going to set a timer on the Alexa. And then when the timer goes off, we're going to put the controller away. We're going to turn the TV off and then I want you to play for a while. And then you will let you play again later. So, we also want to, because he watches a lot of PBS kids normally. Mm-hmm. But now that he knows how to go, you know, he can turn on the PlayStation all by himself, get it going, and he knows how to get into whatever game he wants to play or go into Disney Plus or Netflix or whatever. So we, we're having to encourage him to, you know, keep watching the PBS kids so that he's still at least learning something while he's out of school for, for this long. Right. So with you working from home, are you able to take like a lunch break or a couple little 15 minute breaks here and there to get out and interact with them? Are you, are you being able to take advantage of any more time off or time with them? Yeah. So yeah, even though I'm working from home, I I still have to follow, you know, all the normal work stuff. Um, Typically when I'm in the office, I don't take my lunch break. I usually just work um, from the, whatever time I get there, usually five 30, uh, or six and straight until like two or two 30. Um, just because of the fact that I, with the way that my custody schedule is with Alex, I have, I have hard out times, uh, every other week. So I typically don't take my lunches then, but you know, being here at home, uh, I do take my lunches, you know, go make lunch with Logan, you know, sit with him for a little bit. And then, like I said, you know, I, I generally keep my office door open so that you know he can he and i can still talk throughout the day right and so like he can come in and you know sit with me if he wants like he'll come in you know he'll he'll sit here watching my phone or playing on his tablet or something you know just sitting right beside me Mm -hmm. hanging out being quiet you know we'll just we'll talk so it's definitely helped in 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 that sense you know me being here because like i said i can we're not paying for childcare. Like I said, you know, I'm able to take care of Logan and his needs. Molly basically fends for herself. So yeah, I think it's definitely helped. And like I said, I'm usually, I'm done by about two, right around two 30 every day. 
Um, so normally, you know, Logan wouldn't get out of school until three, and then uh, depending on the day, I wouldn't pick him up, or we wouldn't get home until you know f- uh, four four thirty most days. So it's giving me extra time to hang out with him, and then also do stuff around the house to make sure that um, you know being at home isn't just about you know or we can't necessarily relax you know, 24 seven, there's still things that have to be taken care of, even though it's a forced, you know, away from the office building. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's helped on a couple different ways, you know, able to get caught up on stuff around here, spend time with the kids. And so, yeah, I, I think it's been beneficial that my, that my company finally said, yes, go home, work and, and don't come back. Yeah, that's good. There's some stuff that I could do with my job where I work from home. Uh, I could get caught up on some stuff and and uh, do some of the computer stuff that w- that I do, but a lot of my work is in the warehouse as well. And if we're not doing installations and we're closed, then that goes out the window. So I might be able to work a little bit uh, from home when when and if we do shut down for a little bit. But I'm not really holding my breath or counting on it because we'd have to get some stuff set up. But mm-hmm. uh, it's. Like you just got to roll with the punches, like you said. I, uh, I couldn't imagine. I have an aunt or a cousin that works as a nurse at UNM Hospital, um, and she's saying that it's it's pretty crazy over there already. Even though, I mean, we only have was it twenty eight confirmed cases of it right now? Yeah, yeah, twenty eight. So it's not crazy here yet, but uh, it. I know that they were saying that in the five that they added today that one of them was the first time that they couldn't directly pinpoint when she was exposed to it. Yeah. So the rest seemed to either be travel or something like that. So this one is, well, I don't know where I got it. Um, I wasn't around anybody that I thought had it. I didn't travel anywhere that has a bunch of cases of it. So that shows me that it's definitely, definitely spreading and will be, uh, be a bigger issue here in the state before we know it, unless we can curve or flatten that curve out. And um, it's crazy because you still see places like with a lot of people in them, not only here, but like all over. I saw videos of a beach in Florida where it's like, what are you guys doing? Like the, it's not a vacation. Like you can use it as a vacation. Like I fully plan on if we get to where we're off, I'm going to take some days off and just enjoy them with my family. Um, If possible, I will go. We have a cabin down by Daddle, which is in the central center Midwest part of the state somewhere. And I don't know where you, if you don't know where it is, just Google it and you'll find it. Um, We have a cabin down there that I would honestly love to pack up and go spend five days out and just get away from all the, the mess that's here. Um, and all the distractions and everything like that, you know, just not get on my phone and just be outdoors and, and enjoy that, but not go to the beach where there's thousands of people. <laughs> Come on, Florida. Yeah, what are you doing? It just makes no sense to me that, that people are doing that. You know, I've tweeted out, you know, I'm not an alarmist. I'm not panicking about this, but with, with all the data that's come out with what they're saying about how contagious this virus is, you should be taking precautions. You should be practicing mm-hmm. all, all this social distancing, all this kind of stuff. I mean, looking at the New Mexico Department of Health uh, website, you know, we're currently sitting at like a 1.18% uh, 
a positive test rate, which is, you know, less than half of what, you know, the federal average is. So, you know, so it certainly seems to me like either, you know, our, our population is so spread out that it's not necessarily affecting as many people or the government, the, you know, the, the, the state government here has put in these restrictions, these guidelines, and you know, maybe some people are actually following them and it seems to be making a difference now. Yeah. Who knows? There's still a long way to go before all this is, before it's all said and done with coronavirus. You know, this may change, you know, but that's just going based off of what I've read and what I've seen. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming, you know, month or two, whether or not, you know, that f- curve flattens out, you know, nationwide or not. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you look at what New Mexico has done, I mean, I say which it, it has been, you know, life altering for a lot of people and it's it's um, disrupted a lot of people's lives. But I I do think what they've done and being proactive instead of reactive, like some of the other states have been um, and being able to see what happened in California and New York and places like that where it kind of took off and actually jumping out ahead of it a little bit and saying, you know, we only have five cases here in New Mexico, but we're going to shut down all gatherings of this many people and this, that, and the other. And uh, so I do think that it, it has helped, even if it has been kind of a pain in the butt for everybody's everyday life. Uh, I just, I don't know what it's going to mean for, for life as we know it. I think a lot of things are going to change because viruses don't just go away. They don't just disappear into thin air. Like this thing's going to be around for a while. Um, so either we're going to be restricted in what we can do for a long time or I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's definitely going to be different than what we're used to for, I think, probably close to a year uh, would be my guess, if not a little bit longer. Now, yeah, hopefully, it's, it's, uh, go ahead. Hopefully that doesn't mean that uh, sports are done for that long and um, stuff like that. But I, I, I can't see mass gatherings happening. So if any sports happen, it'll be with no fans there, which is weird. And things like gathering of nations or birthday parties. Like I have a birthday, my birthday is next Tuesday. And then my son's first birthday, the youngest, his first birthday is supposed to be in April, April 13th. And, uh, that's just not going to happen because of the fact that, uh, we, we can't get together to do anything. So his first, his first birthday party is just going to be us making a cake and singing happy birthday more than like it, more than likely. So it's going to be crazy, man. It really is. Well, before we move on to our, uh, our main topic for the evening, I, I got to ask you, you know, first of all, did you go wait in line today at uh, Rose's paper to pick up uh, their drive through toilet paper? Uh, for those of you that can't see, I have a very blank look on my face because I have, I have uh, no clue what it's talking about. Uh, I don't need toilet paper. We buy toilet paper from Sam's Club uh, in bulk, uh, so so we buy one of those and we're set for like a year. Um, dry, you just blew my mind, Seth. You get you can't spring these things on me sometimes because I'm just like drive through toilet. What what is why? 
So for those of you, for if, if you're not in the Albuquerque metro area, didn't catch our, if you are and didn't catch the newscast earlier, there was a uh, a paper supplier here in town that was basically selling uh, cases of toilet paper, basically in like a drive-through setting, and people were backed up for miles to buy this. They you know, they were limiting it, you know, to people in like two cases. Now each case apparently has like ninety six rolls in it. But they said that they were maintaining their supply, they were meeting the demand, and they were going to do another drive-through style thing on Friday. Um, so I just I didn't know if you if you you and Allie had uh, tried to get through that today or not. I uh, <laughs> you just I'm convinced. So here's here's my theory on this toilet paper situation. All right, I think what happened was. Some doomsdayers were like, okay, this is going to be an apocalypse. And there is a joke out there, or it, it's really not even a joke. Like, it is fairly going to be fairly important. If, like, an actual apocalypse came, toilet paper would be a pretty hot commodity. If, there's, if they, like, stop making it completely and, like, the whole world shuts down, then, yes, toilet paper would be important to have a stockpile of in your house uh, for personal hygiene and health. That is not the scenario here. But what I'm convinced happened is somebody got in their head that it was going to be an apocalypse and that everything was going to shut down. And they went to Sam's. And instead of buying a bunch of canned goods that they could survive off of if they ate, they were like, you know what we need first? We need toilet paper. So they bought three or four Sam's Club toilet papers. And then other people saw them and thought, Man, if those guys are buying four things of toilet paper for the coronavirus, that's probably what I should do. And so they bought several, and then they bought several. And then much like the coronavirus, this plague of toilet paper sales just spread throughout the nation, and I don't understand it whatsoever. Yeah, it's been absolutely ridiculous. I was at Albertsons yesterday, and I was walking down one of the aisles, and one of the managers from the Albertsons popped out next to me and was walking in the same direction. So I was talking to him for a minute and he's like, yeah, I think we're going to finally start slowing down on tissues because their shelves were just empty. And they're like, so we get a truck in tonight and, and we should be seeing the end of that. And I was like, man, I don't know, man, people are crazy. They're probably still going to be buying it for a while, but hopefully like to the general public that's out there, if you're still buying toilet paper, just take a deep breath Realize that you cannot eat or drink toilet paper and then buy something you can eat or drink. That's really as simple as it is. I don't understand. I really don't. Like, I, 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 it just baffles me. So kudos to whatever paper place that you were talking about for capitalizing on the nonsense and going, you know what we should do? Drive through a toilet paper window. That's what'll yeah. get, that's what'll make us some money. And it probably did. Because oh, I, I don't doubt it. Well, um, in the article I was reading, they said that their wholesale orders have gone up by an estimated three hundred percent in recent weeks. Um, this is yeah, Roses Southwest Papers uh, near Bridge and Second Street here in Albuquerque. Uh, so yeah, they said they're apparently going to do it again on Friday. Um, but yeah, no, it's been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Aaron had to stop by the store uh, earlier and. They were completely out of flour. They were out of sugar. Mm-hmm. They were out of, uh, of course, paper goods, which I think is just absolutely ridiculous. You know, um, people, if you're listening, please 
do not go and stock up on toilet paper or napkins or Kleenexes or paper plates, things like that. That will not help you if you get sick. I'm sorry. No. It won't. No, it will not. Like, and there's no reason to buy out all the meat in a store. Like meat will keep coming in. Paper goods will keep coming in. You know, if you want to get some like non-perishable stuff, buy some canned goods, buy some pasta, some cereal, some bread, get that kind of stuff. So that worst case scenario, if they do, you know, limit the stores and hours even more that you, that you have food. Mm. You don't need three cases of toilet paper. I'm sorry. You don't. It's great. You just, you really don't. (laughs) And we wonder why the rest of the countries make fun of Americans. I just, (laughs) it's crazy to me. Have you guys stocked up? at least a little bit on stuff. Um, yeah. You know, like I mentioned the, the other night when we were talking, uh, we went to, um, we went to Sam's club and Smith's and we, we bought some food, you know, uh, kind of like easier stuff. Like we bought some pasta, bought some frozen stuff that we can just, you know, pop in the oven, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we didn't go overboard. Like we go shopping every two weeks anyway. So, you know, it really wasn't anything above and beyond what we would have normally gotten necessarily, but it was, you know, just in case, you know, it wasn't much. Uh, I mean, we certainly looked at the toilet paper aisles and laughed and shook our heads about how ridiculous people are being, but yeah, it's, you know, we've got what we need uh, to take care of us uh, for the short term. And, you know, worst case scenario, I might have to spend a day driving around trying to find toilet paper here in about a week or so. If we don't get any before then, but, uh, yeah, I, please just use common sense when you, if you have to go to the store, don't go, if you don't have to, you know, there are going, there's going to be plenty of supplies for everyone, you know, take, take our advice, take, you know, what the governor is saying and just like really listen and you know, think of the person next in line. Do you think of your neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, say, say to yourself, do I really need three cases of this? Will I be okay for a week if I don't buy this right now? Yeah, we, we, that's basic. I mean, we are notoriously, um, buy as we need like desperately, like to where it's like, oh, we're out of milk. I'm going to stop and get one gallon of milk. So we never really have that long grocery session where we go and buy $200 worth of stuff and it lasts us a week or so. Um, so that is what we did this time. Uh, we were like, okay, let's buy some meat, uh, enough meat to last us a couple of weeks anyways, buy some cheese, buy some bread, buy some tortillas, um, odds and ends. Uh, we will probably make one more decent size grocery shop or grocery run on Friday uh, just to get a handful of odds and ends that we feel like we might still be needing. Um, but for the most part, man, we're just, we are planning for two weeks. Basically I would, I would love for if I don't, if I do get to where I can't go to work for a couple of weeks, then I really don't want to go anywhere in public for those two weeks. Um, so we would stay home cook for ourselves, uh, not have to go to the store, not have to go anywhere uh, unless it was to, we have some doctor's appointments coming up for both my wife and my youngest. Um, So go to those. But other than that, 
we just want to be able to stay home for two weeks without having to go anywhere. Uh, so we did stock up, quote unquote, a little bit there. Um, but guys, there's a uh, there's a fine line between stocking up and hoarding, or so. And and it's not even like with the stupid stuff. Like even with the food. Like if you have a family of six, then I understand buying like three hundred dollars worth of meat right now. But if it's just you, or if it's you and you one person, or you and a couple of roommates, or your wife, or your that's it, then don't buy two or three hundred dollars worth of meat if you don't actually need it for two weeks uh, that's basically been my thought process was get what you need for your family for two weeks worth of food um mm-hmm. as as like a basic guideline for it uh and that's kind of what we done uh sounds like you guys basically do that anyways um so that's that's basically all that the precautions that we've taken um but i think uh I think everybody knows that the last couple of weeks or last week or so has been crazy. And we've talked uh, quite a bit about all of our weeks. So let's, let's go ahead and take a look at this week's topic, which uh, I'm, a, I'm sure the coronavirus will come up still uh, in this episode um, because it's balancing work and life. And for you, that takes on a whole new meaning now, uh, yeah. working from home. Um, and life just kind of takes on a whole new meaning now. But uh, we'll kind of touch pre- coronavirus and now um as far as like what work-life balance means to you um because i imagine it's drastically different that question between now and then um so what kind of was it before you started working from home well yeah like you said the the coronavirus did you know make some huge changes in, in the way we do th- in the way we do things and how we're looking at them going forward um you know the company i work for they they do a lot of preaching about work life balance they want you to be able to have the flexibility to go to appointments uh take time off you know if you're sick you know you can you know, if you get sick in like the middle of the day or whatever you know you can take same day paid time off things like that um they want you to they encourage us to use the uh so one of our buildings here in albuquerque has a gym inside of it you know they encourage us to go use that um so and they, and they give us a reasonable amount of paid time off every two weeks um to where you know we can take vacations you know a couple times a year um, you know, go and do things, or even if it's a staycation, so to speak. Um, but I mean, what it really means to me is like, you know, I don't to where it's it's mainly you know I don't want to be at a point where I'm working sixty hours a week and not being able to come home, and then also be able to spend time with my family. And at the same time, like I don't want I mean, my personal life can't. Um, really bleed over into work all that much and, you know, and really take over. But, you know, it's, like I said, primarily it's, you know, not working myself to the bone and having the availability to, you know, come home and, you know, take care of my kids if they are sick. Or in the case of, you know, something like this, you know, I can work from home or I can just say, okay, I, I've done my eight hours, I'm, I'm done for today. You know, and mm-hmm. not feeling like I have to work 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, you know, in my position, I am salaried. So, I mean, there are days where I do work, you know, nine hours, 10 hours, depending on what's going on. And there's even an expectation of overtime, you know, on, on me right now. Now I don't get paid any extra for it, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's saying, okay, work is work. I can go in, be done at this time and just go home and not have to worry about it. 
I've had positions in the past where um, I basically had to be available from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. even if I was already done working for the day. Because if I log on at 6 in the morning, I'm done by 2.30, but I still have to be available until 4. You're not, you know, I'm not getting paid extra. That's cutting into my time with my family. Like if I'm home with my kids, I get a call from work or an email from work. I have to take care of it. You know, there's that kind of infringes on that balance there. Or like, you know, um, you know, in the situation like with Alex and my older son, he, he goes to school 20 miles from our house. And so there are times where I have to be on meetings while I'm driving him to and from school. So it, I can't count it as work time because I'm not in the office mm-hmm. and it takes away from that time that I have, um, being in the car with him, being able to have conversations with him and spend, you know, just enjoying that time with him. So fortunately I don't have to worry about that too much anymore with the position that I'm in now. But yeah, for me, it's basically just saying, okay, I can leave work at work and not have to deal with it once I get home. But now that I am home 24 seven for at least the next few weeks, it's harder because, you know, it's like, okay, there are things that need to be done around the house. Mm-hmm. You know, dishes need to be done. Laundry, laundry needs to be folded. Um, you know, if the kids are home, the you know, kids need to be fed and doing all kinds of stuff. And so, like, I find myself sometimes when I'm at when I am at home, wanting to go and you know, okay, I want to go sit down and watch an episode of uh, on Netflix, you know, or I need to go take care of this. Or, but you know, I also say, okay, I can't do that right now. I can't focus on that because I have to get my hours in for work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's it's primarily the one way saying, okay, work is work, and I can walk away and be done, and then have my life and not have to worry about it. But then, you know, now that like again, since I am home, it's now taking on a different meaning, trying to balance it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like this topic uh, really is important to me because it made me make a very large decision about a year ago. Um, my wife was pregnant with our second son. I, um, I knew that I wasn't happy with the work-life balance that I had at my old job. Um, I was a route owner, um, independent distributor, if you will, for a bread company. Uh, and I had a route up in Rio Rancho. I was making really good money. My wife was able to stay home, but I was working, um, sometimes 70, 80 hours a week. Uh, so it, the paychecks were good, but if you actually broke it down by hour as to what I was working, uh, it wasn't very good. Plus I still had to pay taxes out of it and it just... I didn't have benefits or anything like that. So so it really wasn't financially as rewarding as as the check itself looked. Um, and I wasn't able to do any hobbies that I wanted to do because of how busy I was, unless it was a slow day. Um, and if I did have the ability to do hobbies, I, had, I took away family time that I desperately needed because I wasn't having a lot of family time because I was working seven days or six days a week uh, for the most part with Wednesdays kind of being like a half day. Um, But it was, it was a lot of work and a lot of time away from my family. And I finally decided, you know what, Um, I'm going to sell the route and find something else uh, so that for my second kid and as my older son gets older, 
I can spend more time with him and have a better work-life balance because I didn't really have a work-life balance at all. I had to be at work at three in the morning um, and I could get off early, like around two or three. But uh, when you work nine, 10 hours, 11 hours, 12 hours, uh, going and going and going and going, by the time you get done, you're, you're burnt. You can't, like I would get home and the oldest would want to play there towards the end. And I'd be like, I, I can't dude. I have like no energy uh, whatsoever. So, so my work-life balance was terrible then. And uh, leaving that job and taking a month or maybe two months off, I think it was about two months off and then finding a new job where, I mean, I still have, I work, you know, eight to five or seven to five, depending on the day. Uh, and then I work every other Saturday for half a day till one. Um, so it hourly wise, it's, it's not as much as before, but it's, the hours are shifted. So like with the old job, you know, I'd work till three, but I started at three or I started at three and I would get off at three. So I still had two hours there in the afternoon that I don't have now since I get off at five. But, um, when I am home, I just have more energy and more drive and more will to do stuff with the family. And, and it's not just coming home and sitting on the couch and being done for the day. Uh, so work-life balance has taken on a whole new meaning for me in the last year, almost. Uh, and, and I wouldn't trade it for anything now. Um, I'll never go back to full-time bread delivering, um, even if I do miss certain aspects of it. Uh, and I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing when I move, but I can guarantee you that I'm going to prioritize a work-life balance over a few things uh, when I look for my next career or next job. Well, Because it just it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we talk about work-life balance, and you mentioned the past year. How did it change for you Like when, when you first became a parent? Now I know that as a single, you know, for me when I was single, um, even when it, even when even after Alex was born, I had a lot of time where I wasn't you know with him. So I had basically you know, like ninety five percent of my time I was either at work or I was at home, you know, just vegging, playing video games, watching movies, or whatever. Mm-hmm. How did that change for you at work life balance? You know, when the when your when when your oldest son was born. That's a good question. Um, I don't think it changed a whole heck of a lot. Um, we kind of lived out in the boonies uh, when my first son was born, uh, south of Berlin, and I basically went to work, and then that was it. I, I've changed jobs quite a few times in the last four years since I got married and since we started having kids. So uh, I went from a grocery store to... Um, working for the bread delivery people, um, running a route for them and getting paid hourly. And that wasn't near as many hours as when I bought my own route. Uh, so at the time that my son, my first son was born, I was running a bread route, um, in Berlin and Socorro working about 60 ish hours a week, uh, maybe not quite 60 hours. Um, and that, it was busy, but I had two designated days off, Wednesday and Sunday. Um, I was able to take a week off after my son was born to help keep things straight and get things organized. 
Um, so I, I probably played less golf uh, after my son was born, at least initially, because uh, that at the time was my main hobby. Um, but I think throughout the whole process of being a dad, I've kept at least a good work hobby life balance um, since then. Because even before he was born and after he was born, it was work. 75% of the time if you want however you want to break it down and then 15 to 20% of the time with my f- wife and then 5 to 10% of the time doing stuff for myself so and I don't think those percentages really changed until I got my own route and was working you know 70 hours a week um and then it, w- it then it shifted drastically to where it was you know, 75 from 75 to like 85 to 90% of the time working and then 5% of the time with myself and then 10 to 15% of the time with my family. Um, so it, to answer the question about after my son was born, it basically hasn't changed since then or, or before that it didn't change much. Um, but I'm sure with you, with your scenario with Alex, um, not having full custody of him the whole time. Uh, that was probably quite different than my experience. And like you said, having times where it was just you and you would go to work and then come home and do your thing. Um, that's I, to work. The work life balance to me, isn't necessarily work family balance. It's work and then non-work. So that includes, you know, hobbies, special interests, stuff like that. Uh, how have, how have those changed since you became a dad as far as the hobby part of it? That's an interesting way to put it. Um, I actually didn't think of it that way when we initially talked about this topic. Um, like, so yeah, yeah, my hobbies have definitely changed and how I approach them has definitely changed. Um, Way back before I, there was even the possibility of a kid, you know, I lived in Alabama and I, I worked at a nursing home. Um, at that point, I was basically working forty plus hours a week at the nursing home, and then coming home and working, you know, quote unquote, working forty plus hours a week playing World of Warcraft. Um, yeah, I, I see you laughing. It was uh, definitely a, a second job uh, for a while with how I was playing, and then once I moved out here. Um, again, you know, after Alex was born, there, there wasn't a whole lot of difference in what I was doing initially. I was, you know, working, at, you know, uh, for a, a chain company at the time. Um, uh, I was working all over Albuquerque, uh, at, at different times. Like I would work down in Las Lunas some days and then the other days I would be, uh, up in like, I don't know, like Corrales. Or, you know, I would you know, work in Las Lunas for my, my regular shift and then go to like Berlin or something, you know, to, to work, you know, to work as much overtime as I could. Um, and even then, I still had time for whatever hobbies I wanted to do. Like as long as I wasn't scheduled at work, you know, I could go and play golf if I wanted. I could, you know, just veg out and play video games, you know, every Friday night um, or, or really any night, you know, Um but now that I'm married, three kids, and all that kind of stuff, like the time for my hobbies has definitely changed. Um, I, I don't play video games uh, except for after the kids go to bed. 
Um, and even then it's mostly after Aaron goes to bed as well. Um, so, th- so there's that instead of, you know, just basically coming home, sitting down, turning on the PlayStation and playing all, all night. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's household responsibilities. There's my side job. There's now New Mexico United. That, so yeah, it's, you know, well, not now, but not now, but <laughs> no, um, but no, having that and, you know, trying to figure out the time to where, okay, I'm going to come home from job A, spend some time with the kids, try to take some care, try to take care of some of the stuff around the house, you know, at least get the dishes done, um, Mm -hmm. make sure the kitchen's clean for Anna so that she can get in there and, you know, do what she needs to do for dinner and, 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 uh, and breakfast on the weekends, things like that. And, um, and then go to job number two, come home. If Aaron's still awake, spend some time with her and then, you know, and then once she goes to sleep, if, if I still feel up for it at that point, uh, you know, spend some time, you know, like I said, either chilling with Netflix and or video games or something. And then when United is playing, you know, it's spending time on Saturdays and Sundays. Okay. Spending time with the kids, taking care of stuff around the house, running errands. Um, and then again, making sure everything's ready you know, so I can go and do the coverage of New Mexico United mm-hmm. and then come home. And, and there've been times where I'll be at the stadium and something happens here at home and, you know, uh, I've had to get up and leave. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think part of it too is, and, and balancing, you know, that work, you know, non-work uh, separation, as you put it, is also recognizing the hobbies are not as important as everything else. I think that's part of it too, and I think so, I think a lot of guys struggle with that. Um, I, I say I hear stories, I read stories, you know, on Reddit, uh, people complaining about their significant others basically spending all their time on video games or all this other stuff and not paying attention to them. And, you know, a few weeks ago, you and I talked about you know managing our relationships with our wives. How do we, you know, how do we handle those? How do we make sure that those continue to go and grow? And they, I mean, we. And we nourish them, and that's part of it, you know. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's something else that I had to learn as well is balancing you know hobbies with non hobby non work stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll, I will say though that uh, so me and my wife both recognize how important um, my hobby or or alone time is um, mm-hmm. because if if I don't get out and do something for the most part, I'll say outdoors. Um, cause most of my hobbies involve me being outside, whether it's golf, uh, landscape photography, uh, New Mexico United, um, whatever the case may be. If I don't, even during New Mexico United season last year, I remember coming home one day after I got the job that I'm at now, um, as long day, it was a uh, semi-stressful. The, this job is not near as stressful as my previous job, so that's been good. But um, I came in and I was I was just not in a good mood. I wasn't I was snapping and I wasn't happy. And uh, she looked at me and she goes, um, "When was the last time you went golfing?" And I was like, mm, "It's probably been like a month or so." She's like, mm-hmm. "Do you work Saturday?" And I was like, "No." She's like, "Okay, you need to go golf on Saturday or go do pictures or something because." she knows how important that time is not necessarily to me just in a sense of needing to go do it like for fun, 
but it's it's a necessity that my body needs almost and that my mental health needs and um trying to keep that balance in with family and work um a lot of times it like you said it does get pushed back when uh, in our cases anyways it gets pushed out and pushed down and put to the side um so the problem that our my family actually has is me putting all that stuff off to the side and then getting too stressed or overwhelmed or overworked or whatever you want to call it. So it's actually really important to my well-being and my family's well-being that I do get out and go take a personal interest and take care, do something with it. Uh, even during like New Mexico, like we have the New Mexico United podcast, um, our themed podcast anyways, we cover them, we covered them last year. Uh, and that was something that was near and dear to my heart and uh, still is obviously, but just talking about last year in the past tense where it was very important to me that I was there and that I was going to them. And I think I missed two home matches the whole year. Um, one of them was for the birth of my son. Uh, so obviously I had no choice there. Otherwise I would <laughs> not be here today. Um, the other one, we planned on helping my family for the balloon glow at the balloon fiesta because they have a balloon. Um, and when I agreed to do it, I hadn't looked at the schedule for United and realized, well, that's uh, that's a home match that uh, I guess I'm going to have to miss because I committed to this other thing without looking. Um, but even with that being a quote-unquote hobby or special interest, my other ones were still vitally important to me uh, and to my family and to my overall mental health. So um, it's definitely not a saying it's not, I'm not saying to uh, get home and ignore your family and play video games or don't come home at all and go golf every day after work or whatever your interest may be. Um, but I definitely, I definitely don't advise just putting off your interests uh, for very extended periods of time um, because it they do help you balance your life and balance everything out to where you have that alone time. And some people, it might not be alone time. Some people, it might just be time away from family. Maybe it's, you know, going to, I don't know, going to a game, going to a sports bar, as long as you're not overdoing it, but having social hour that's not with kids and and your wife or significant other but um there's a balance there that you have to find um in case you haven't noticed balance is going to be a key word uh not only in this pod or not in, not only in this episode but a lot of our episodes talk about balance because um if you're working too much it's not good if you're not working enough obviously it's not good if you're spending too much time on your hobbies then it's not good i mean it, there's a harmony that needs to be found between all of the aspects of your life. Um, so like my family expects me to spend this much time with them, but is okay with me spending a little bit of time for myself. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we fail, we, we all fail, uh, to reach expectations with, with our wives. I mean, I'm sure my wife would like me to pick up after myself a little bit more and, and I try to, but I fail. Um, yeah. She would like me to spend more time with the boys every once in a while uh, if I've been working too hard or busy or something like that. Um, so balancing expectations from her is something that you have to do. And sometimes stuff gets put off. It just depends. Um, 
so I know that we we have planned a, an episode about personal interests and hobbies and stuff like that. And I think we can still do that because there's still a lot to be said for it. But as far as work-life balance, um, it's it's definitely a part of that work-life balance. Like I said, it's not just work-family. It's, uh, it's everything. It's your own personal health, mental health, and well-being uh, should take precedence. Like one thing that I remember hearing, I think I mentioned it on uh, the very first podcast we did, um, how, you know, if you have a baby and the baby is screaming and you can't get it to calm down and you get so frustrated and frustrated and frustrated, your well-being isn't good right there because of how frustrated and overwhelmed you are. And sometimes you just need to put the baby in the crib or a safe spot and then walk away for a little bit mm-hmm. and relax. And sometimes I think that's what your hobbies are is you putting the crying baby in the crib, which is family expectations, work expectations, all that, and going, I need to take a minute for myself and collect myself and then get back after it once you've done that. Yeah, a few minutes ago, you mentioned something that really kind of touched on something with me. And that was, you said, you know, Allie recognized that you needed some time. And part of that is, you know, number one, recognizing what your partner needs um, at whatever point it is, you know, recognizing, Hey, they're frustrated. You know, let me tag them out, you know, so to speak, give them a minute to, to compose themselves, to get back um, to a a more stable state of mind. Um, And the other part of that is, is the communication. Like we've talked about it before, how key communication is between, you know, us and our wives and, if our wives don't know that we're feeling this way, that we're feeling overwhelmed or we're feeling stressed out, if we keep, like you said, pushing aside our hobbies, our 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 needs, and even for our wives, they do they probably do the same thing. You know, they push aside what they want to do because they know that there are things that need to be done, and it doesn't serve anyone any good when you're when you're getting more and more stressed out so you've got to have that open communication with your partner saying okay i'm feeling x y i'm feeling you know x right now i need to i feel like i if i can do this i will be better off for it you know i'll be in a better state of mind you know i need this refresher you know i've told aaron in the past that i don't necessarily need alone time i just need quiet time you know if i can just sit down sometimes and just veg like once the kids go to bed mm-hmm. like we're not necessarily having serious conversation we're just there and like i can play some video games and talk to her like i, I told her you know i for me her just being there is a huge deal for me mm-hmm. you know because before aaron i had had relationships where or the girls that I was with didn't understand, you know, who I was or the things that I was into. And so they would either A, not try to be part of it, B, understand it, or C, they'd actually, you know, make fun of me for it and put down the things that I was into. And so for me, sometimes just having Aaron there and, she, and you know, me telling her, hey, I just want you here. You wouldn't say have to be talking, but for her to just be there and being supportive is such a huge deal. And I think that in itself helps as well. How much do you guys talk about your work with each other? 
like how much do you guys vent or talk about good things that happened or anything like that? Like how much does your personal job come up in your relationship with your wife? I think it depends on what is actually going on with our jobs. So because we're both in the healthcare fields, there's a lot of things that we can't necessarily talk about um, because of HIPAA or patient privacy, you know, things like that. Uh, when it comes to like workplace situations, like I can, we vent to each other you know, about, okay, well, this happened at work today. Um, you know, this person, it wasn't in a bad mood and it just kind of caused a, an issue. And like, I've had some things come up recently where I've kind of told her, said, look, you know, this is like, this is what's happened today. I'm not feeling okay with it. And this is how I you know, either handled it or didn't handle it. You know, just, didn't involve myself with it, but um, we used, so we both used to work for the same company. And so same, same company, same department, you know, everything. So like we knew everything that was going on and we would come home and sometimes there were days where we would spend three hours talking about work. And so again, that's why I mentioned, you know, I mentioned it earlier. And we'll say, okay, work is work, work is done. You know, we had to, at that time, we had to put limits on ourselves as to how much we could talk about work when we got home. Say, okay, let's talk about it for an hour and then we'll be done. We'll move on, you know, because we were letting it take up so much of our time that we weren't necessarily, yes, we were sharing details about our day and having discussions and things like that, but we weren't necessarily connecting on a personal level because we were, all we were talking about was work. And now that we are... Oh, go ahead. That's similar to me and my wife when we first got together because we both worked at a grocery store in a small town where we knew everything. And then even after she left and it was just me working there, she still knew the people that worked there. So mm-hmm. it was me coming and basically gossiping to almost to an extent and un- definitely an unhealthy amount um, talking about that specifically. And, and so I definitely feel you there. Um, we talk about our work that's usually like the first thing that happens when i get home she'll ask me how my day was and i'll vent or talk about something funny that happened um it doesn't usually last that long now but it definitely was a problem when we worked together yeah no yeah we like i just said we had the same thing and so once she moved out of the company and then i started changing positions within the company um you know, it, it got to a point where we didn't, she didn't necessarily know the people I was working with like she did before. I didn't know the people that she was working with, definitely. I mean, I I have a medical background. Like, I grew up in a family of folks that are in medical professions. So, you know, I understand terminology that she talks about. I understand, you know, she understands what I do at my job. Um, but, yeah, now it's – we we come home and we talk about it for maybe a little bit. And occasionally, you know, again, later in the day, she'll bring something up about, you know, someone that she works with. Cause my job is very solitary. It's very, um, I go in, I sit down, I do my job. There, there is no one else in my department here in the state of New Mexico. So like everyone in, in my team, my group works in either Texas or Illinois for the most part. So I have no like daily interaction. I don't see anybody in the office. I just sit at my cubicle, do my job and go home. 
I mean, you know, I have emails and things like that to deal with and, and instant messages, but yeah, I, I don't have day-to-day interactions with this department that I'm with now. And with Erin, she's, you know, in an office room with two or three other ladies and then, you know, in the pediatrician's office. And, and so they have all those different interactions every day. So she'll share those uh, when things happen or, she, you know, if something interesting happens at work, you know, she'll tell me about it. But again, there, there are certain things that, that we can't talk about because of the laws protecting the people that we, that we work yeah. with, mm-hmm. that, that we, that we are, you know, our patients or our members, you know, whatever. And so you can, there are some things that we can say in like general terms, but we can't give like specifics on anything, you know, like thing like names, things like that. You know, if you, if you're familiar with HIPAA laws, you know what I'm talking about. So, um, but yeah, so it doesn't take up anywhere near as much time as it used to. And so we're able to talk about other things. And I, I think it's really benefited our relationship. Do you guys have interests that you share? Um, like hobbies that you share or at least things that you guys talk about quite a bit? Like um, for me and my wife, usually it's like the voice or, or some show that we can both get into. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a sports fan in the sense that she'll watch it with me, but she's not near as hardcore as I am. Or So I, she's not on my level, so I can't talk to her about it because she looks at me like, okay. And, and truth be told, I still talk to her about it, but she doesn't listen. She just uh, right. smiles and <laughs> nods and says, yeah, okay, baby. yeah, that's interesting. Um, but so do you guys have anything that you guys like, is she a big soccer fan or is anything like that? No, she's not a sports fan at all. Um, she understands that I have a passion for it and she encourages me to go and go to the matches and cover the club and do the podcast, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, she's not a fan. Like we went, I was able to take her to and the kids to one match last season. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get them to one more this year. You know, I, I don't really know. Maybe the kids enjoy it a little bit more, but, um, as a whole, like there aren't really like any, necessarily a lot of hobby things that we that we both enjoy. Um, Aaron does play video games occasionally. Uh, there are certain series that she plays, like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, she'll do that. Uh, Resident Evils, but um, and we used to watch The Walking Dead together. We used to love watching Walking Dead. But once uh, Judith was born, you know the baby and the danger the baby was all constantly in. You know she she couldn't watch it anymore. Um, Lately, it's been uh, we watch uh, Lego Masters and Mass Singer together. Um, but no, like as far as like actual hobbies, like we're completely different. Like Aaron's super into art. Um, whether it, you know she likes to to paint to to do whatever she wants to take some. Uh, she wants to learn how to throw uh, throw pottery. She wants to learn how to do that. I have zero interest whatsoever. Um, but you know, I, I fully support her and her hobbies and whatever she wants to do. Uh, for our anniversary this year, I took her to a place called uh, Kiln It. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I've not. In, uh, but yeah, my wife, Rancho. my wife also would like to do that, and I actually have an interest in it too. I I took one class uh, for it back in high school, like my freshman mm-hmm. year, a long, long, long time ago. Um, but You're younger I think maybe, I don't want to hear a long, long time ago. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but I would be interested in doing it. So, 
so that is something that uh, we might check out. Like, like I said, right now it's there's not a like at this very moment I can't think of anything that we do together that's not something that one of us enjoys doing more separately. Like, she'll go golf with me. Um, she'll watch the United matches with me when they're on, um, to an extent, anyways. Uh, but I'm not watching The Voice with her. Uh, she watches The Mass Singer, and I just, I can't, I just can't, I just can't get into it. I tried, I just can't get into it. Um, it's it's just become a whole family thing for us. Like even the kids will sit down and watch it. And, yeah. And so Aaron hates the fact that I'm very good at guessing the people on the show. Did you get? So, did you guess? I did not. I did okay. not guess. <laughs> so spoiler is already spoiler alert. You know, if you have not seen last week's episode of Mass Singer. Um, but yeah, no, I had no clue. I, I guess the. Uh, can you can you do me a favor when you edit yeah. this? Can you just go in and beep out the names of all the people <laughs> we're saying? Just because I think it would be I'll hilarious for the people listening. Yeah. I can I can probably put in some silence or something there, but yeah, no. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I was saying you know, we went to 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 killing it uh, from Rio Rancho, which is great, you know. And so it's not just pottery that you do; you can do painting and things like that. They have a one thing I wanted to buy. They have a, a kit that you can buy, a little a combination kit. It's uh, the United Crest, and it shows you how to paint it and like what's oh, which nice. actual like colors to do. Yeah, I I really I, I kind of wanted to buy one of those, but we didn't. Um, we went and we did uh, what's called a, a a paint pour. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but no. so what what we did is um, they had all these different like layouts that you could do with different size canvases. And so what you do is you go to their shelf and you pick out so many different colors. I think it was like five or six different colors and they give you these little cups with so much in it. And then you layer them into like a bigger, like a bigger cup. So like you pour, you know, a little bit of like white and then blue or whatever colors you want, and it just layers it inside this bigger cup, and then you just pour it on top of the canvas. Or well, you don't just pour it, you you set it. Um so the way we had it is so we set the cup down on the table, put the canvas on top of it face down, and then flipped it back over. And so you just let it sit there and the paint draw falls out of the cup and onto the canvas and then you lift the cup up and then you just pick up the canvas and you like basically like wiggle it around to cover the entire thing hmm. and um i've got it sitting right over here and i'll, I'll keep talking well you, hang on, you probably won't be able to hear me but let me show you this is great podcasting uh a visual <laughs> visual element of a podcast is always it always gets me when i'm listening to podcasts of my own yeah so it you can see this, but the folks listening can't. Oh, okay. So yeah, it just makes these designs and you just swirl it around on the canvas. And because we use the same colors on both sides, um, there's, there's, we have three, I think they're like eight by 24 canvases. And they're supposed to make like a one, like larger picture all together. Now it doesn't necessarily look like an entire picture, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, that was just a really neat thing. And, you know, because Erin is so art into art and is very artistic, you know, I decided to take her to do this as a surprise for she had no idea. Oh, that's cool. Uh, um, but yeah, so she really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, it's not my thing. I, I was super uncomfortable doing it because it's just not my thing. But I did it because I wanted to spend time with her. 
And so I think that's where, you know, like doing the hobbies and things, if you can include your significant other with you while you're doing it, I think that's just a bonding experience that helps mm -hmm. both of you, especially if it's something that you're not necessarily comfortable with or something out of your normal comfort zone. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I for the most part, when I golf, um, like say I golf four times a month, uh, which I don't right now, but say that I do, um, Usually one of those is by myself. Two of them are with me and the oldest. And then one of them is with me and everybody else. Um, so being, like you said, being able to bring that in, it just adds a different layer of balance that you can get since it's not, it's not work and it's, but it's both hobby and family all at yeah. the same time. Uh, it, and it can definitely um, boost several things. What Allie really She's done a few of them, but I definitely want to do one. Are these paint nights? Uh, you can mm -hmm. find them around town. Uh, a lady will come. Like there's a new brewery down here in Las Lunas that they've done a few of them where, you know, they, they come, they bring a painting, and then they teach you how to paint that painting that night. Um, and she, I think Allie's done like three or four of them. And I've mm -hmm. wanted to do one. I just, we just haven't had a chance to where we both could do it. Ironically enough, we were supposed to do one now in March. I think it's March. Maybe it was April, uh, but it, they're not going to happen uh, because of everything that's going on. But right. basically, the bottom line is, I, I think, work-life balance, uh, work-family-hobby balance, however you want to word it, is hugely important uh, in relationships, in work, um, work relationships, family relationships, and your relationship with yourself. Um, it's definitely stuff that you want to, something that you want to take seriously and definitely... Like I, I understand as a man, as the dad, as the the guy that's supposed to bring home the bacon, um, the uh, want slash desire slash pressure to focus more on work, uh, so that you can bring home more money to support the family, uh, which is like you see, um, I don't know why, but the movie The Sandlot just popped into my head, um. When I believe in that case, it was the stepdad, but either way, uh, point still stands. He was working a lot and was very rarely there, um, mm -hmm. which sometimes your job requires that. I understand that. Um, but if your job requires you to work uh, away from home for two weeks and then you're home for a week, I would just really suggest when you're home that week to be present as much as you can with your family and not be distracted by anything else. Um, do you got any, have any closing thoughts on, on today's topic or the coronavirus or anything in general before we wrap it up? For me, I think that it, what the work non-work balance comes down to, like you said, you know, the balance is going to be the keyword, you know, balancing out um, your, you know, what your expectations are at work say, okay, my work, I'm going to work from this time to this time. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to go home. And I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to avoid distractions. I'm going to actively engage with my wife, with my kids. And, and then when it comes to those hobbies, even within that whole non-work section, you know, you have to recognize that yes, while your hobbies are important to you, the relationships and the time that you spend with your family is that is even more important than that. So don't let your hobbies overtake your time with your family 
and interfere with the possibilities that you have for growing those relationships. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I fully agree. So with that, I think that's a perfect note to end on. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and, and call it there. Um, but as always, you know, you can find us on social media, uh, Dadventures Media. Is the Twitter Dadventures Media? I usually have these things written down, but we didn't prep for it very well today. Yeah. We'll do better next week. So, uh, yeah, so Twitter is Twitter. at DadventuresM or at DadventuresPod. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and I I uh, said at the end of last t- the last episode we did that I would make a Facebook page, and I did not do that yet. Uh, my wife reminded me of that a couple times this last week, and I said, oh, yeah, I'll do that right now, and then it didn't. So I will get on that and have a Facebook page made for Dad Ventures Media. Uh, you can check out the website, uh, as always, for our written content. Uh, Seth, I know you just posted a piece on there recently. Um, that's dadventuresmedia.com. Uh, you can also find our United stuff there. Uh, you can find the podcasts there. Um, so definitely give that a click and and check that out. Uh, please rate and subscribe on all your podcast players of choice. Uh, that always helps us out. And, and it's good to see uh, reviews and stuff like that. Let us know how we're doing and feedback is always good. Uh, we can take some constructive criticism as long as you're not vicious with it. So please let us know. Um, and you can always contact us directly if you don't want to do it through social media or reviewing. Uh, our emails are basically the same thing. You're Seth at dadventuresmedia.com and I am Jacob at dadventuresmedia.com. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, whatever you want to tell us, just uh, email us there or find us on social media. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Everybody stay safe out there. Uh, wash your hands. Keep your distance. Um, and let's try to nip this in the bud so that we can all get on with our lives and have nobody uh, losing theirs because of because of people's stupidity out there. So everybody be safe. We'll talk to you guys next or in two weeks. You've been listening to the Dad Ventures Podcast, the bi-weekly podcast about our lives as dads. All of our shows are recorded live from Albuquerque and Los Angeles, New Mexico, are written and produced by Seth Goodoff and Jacob Perrin, and are edited by Seth. Special thanks to Jeff Two on YouTube for the music you hear in every episode. All episodes are recorded and edited using CleanFeed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.